0: If you have PCOS and are struggling to lose weight, you've been told to go on a diet, or you feel frustrated with the challenges you're facing, then this episode is for you. You'll learn what's wrong with dieting and treatments only focused on body weight, what you need to know about weight loss and the reason it can be so difficult with PCOS, and how you can lose weight, supplements that could help, and what to consider beyond just food and what you're eating. Now, this episode is pretty special because you'll hear from two guest experts on PCOS. First is Angela Grassi, the founder of the PCOS Nutrition Center. She's also the author of several books on PCOS, including The Dietitian's Guide, The PCOS Workbook, Your Guide to Complete Physical and Emotional Health, and the PCOS Nutrition Center Cookbook. Recognized by today's dietitian as one of the top 10 incredible dietitians making a difference, Angela is the past recipient for the Outstanding Nutrition Entrepreneur Award, the Award in Excellence and Practice in Women's Health, and the Award for Excellence in Graduate Research from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She actually has PCOS herself, so she has been dedicated to advocacy, education, and research of the syndrome. You'll also hear from Martha McKittrick, who is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator with over 25 years experience. She has been specializing in PCOS for over 15 years. She's been published in peer-reviewed journals and was the nutrition editor for the book, A Patient's Guide to PCOS, Understanding and Reversing Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome. She has lectured across the country on PCOS to both health professionals and patients with PCOS. She's on the health advisory board for the PCOS challenge and advocates for PCOS annually on Capitol Hill. Martha is really passionate about helping people take charge of their PCOS with nutrition and lifestyle. She does not promote a one-size-fits-all plan, and she really helps clients understand their drivers of PCOS while taking an integrative approach focusing on nutrition, sleep, stress physical activity and supplements by the way i'm jenny holbert if we haven't met and i'm all about helping you live and sweat in sync with nature wild actually stands for women into living their dreams because i believe that when we take care of our bodies we can take all the adventures and live our one life. so thank you for showing up and here's the wild wellness podcast First up on this episode, you'll hear from the founder of the PCOS Nutrition Center, Angela
1: Grassi. What your doctor may not have told you about PCOS is that diets don't work. It's so frustrating because a majority of my patients at the PCOS Nutrition Center are told by their doctor or healthcare provider to just lose weight or to go on XYZ diet and that PCOS will get better or that it'll be cured. And that's so far from the truth. We know that lifestyle is the primary treatment approach for PCOS, but there's so many challenges that patients with PCOS experience that make it more difficult for them to lose weight. For instance, I have seen research that has shown that appetite-regulating hormones like ghrelin and leptin, those are impaired in PCOS, so they might not feel hunger or fullness cues like people without these impaired levels. We also see that people with PCOS have higher insulin levels. So insulin is an appetite stimulant and it causes weight gain. It puts you in fat storage mode and it also kind of increases your cravings as an appetite stimulant. A lot of my patients with PCOS keep saying that they crave carbs all the time, whether it's like salty things like pretzels, or bread products, or it could be sweets, too, that are higher in sugar. And it's like the strong, urgent cravings. Another issue that can make it more difficult for patients to lose weight is that they struggle with emotional eating. So being told their whole lives that, um, you know, just to lose weight and feeling like something's wrong with them and their struggles to lose weight that can actually lead to binge eating or binge eating disorder, which is an eating disorder. And we do see higher rates of eating disorders in the PCOS population. So there are so many factors, even like looking at um, metabolism, like basal metabolic rate levels are slower in PCOS patients, according to some research. So there's so many factors that can explain why it's so much harder for someone with PCOS to lose weight. Yet that is the primary treatment approach that doctors are giving to patients. So as a dietitian at the PCOS Nutrition Center, I try to help patients with non-diet ways to improve their health and their fertility. And so this means um, helping them with gentle nutrition. So starting off with a balanced plate, learning how foods affect insulin and hormone levels, and noticing, really paying attention to your food choices and how it affects your body. Like if you have uh, oatmeal for breakfast, how satisfying is that for you? What if you put nuts in there with it? Does that keep you satisfied longer? or Does your blood sugar drop pretty soon after? Do you notice that if you had like something with more protein, like an egg sandwich or egg and avocado sandwich that has a little bit more fat, does that keep you satisfied longer? And how does that make you feel? And having these balanced meals can actually help to stabilize blood sugar and insulin levels better, so that can result in less cravings, so it can make it easier to make better food choices, if that's what you want in the moment. So gentle nutrition is a really important place um, that I start with helping my patients, and I have a whole chapter of this in the PCOS workbook, Your Guide to Complete Physical and Emotional Health, where I go through what gentle nutrition is and a bit what a balanced plate looks like, and then we go through the workbook. Other strategies that I help patients with with a non-diet approach include helping them with enjoyable exercise, things that you know they don't have to do for punishment, but more for enjoyment, and how that can really help to balance hormone levels and lower insulin. Working on sleep is so important; getting enough sleep for what your body needs. Sleep, lack of sleep, can actually contribute to uh, worsening of insulin levels and can worsen health, and it certainly affects mood. We do see a correlation with higher rates of obstructive sleep apnea in the PCOS population. It's more related to the higher androgen levels. And that is something that I screen all patients for as well, just to help them get a good night's sleep. And really, overall, we see higher rates of sleep problems in the PCOS population, whether it's from higher rates of anxiety or, again, with like androgens affecting sleep receptors. So sleep is another area to work on. A third would be using supplements, like targeted supplements that can help bring down insulin levels. I find inositol is a great one to start with because it can help regulate um, the menstrual cycle. And for a lot of patients with PCOS, they don't get their periods. So sometimes taking inositol, like a product called Ovositol, that we have at the PCOS Nutrition Center can really help to get their periods regulated. And I see, and I I have PCOS myself, I have seen a difference in it helping with cravings because inositol can help lower Um, insulin. So it can really help with cravings. And I'm seeing it for myself and for a lot of patients that I treat that it really makes a difference. Um, And then there's so many other supplements that can really help um, with aspects of PCS, whether it's like fish oil to lower triglycerides, or NAC and acetylcysteine to help with fatty liver or high cholesterol. Um, But these all can be done without focusing on weight loss. And then certainly stress reduction is a big, important part of PCOS treatment, like doing mindfulness to help lower cortisol levels. Cortisol levels, cortisol is a stress hormone, first of all, and we're seeing higher cortisol levels in women with PCOS in the evening. And what's really interesting is we want cortisol levels to be lower in the evening um, to help with sleep. And again, that could be another factor that helps with sleep is that cortisol is higher. But cortisol is a stress hormone and it's connected with increasing insulin levels. So, stress management, mindfulness, you know, get one of those great apps out there, find one that you like. There's so many free ones. And try just 10 minutes a day, picking a time and sitting and kind of de stressing. Uh, stress is unfortunately never going to go away, it's always going to be a part of our lives. But if we can find a way to manage it better and deal with it better, that's going to make a really big difference for hormone levels. So stress is um, so important and exercise can really help with stress too, a great way to deal with it. So there's sleep and there's stress and there's exercise, there's gentle nutrition and really just noticing, you know, how your body responds to different food combinations and those targeted supplements all working together can be so helpful And if I do have a patient that's struggling with um, binge eating, you know, that is an area that needs to be a priority to be addressed. And to help with that, there's so many strategies. And sometimes um, consulting with a mental health expert or a therapist that's trained in uh, eating disorders can be really helpful for someone with PCOS just to identify more of their sources of anxiety and how to deal with it and, Um, depression too, as well as the eating disorder. So it's not uncommon at all for patients with PCOS to work with a therapist in conjunction with nutrition counseling. So overall, um, I really feel that doctors don't tell you that these diets don't work, and that there is a different approach to managing PCOS that doesn't focus on weight loss. And there is an approach called the Health at Every Size that encompasses all of these points that I mentioned. It's a non-diet approach um, that I would advise your listeners to check out. There's lots of good resources about it. And that's the way that I practice with my patients. So it's called Health at Every Size Haze. And there's even some doctors out there that are Haze providers that don't focus on weight loss at all. And um, that's so nice for patients to experience because all this time they've been blamed for their weight and the weight gain isn't their fault. I just went over so many factors that can contribute to weight gain and make it difficult to lose weight. So why are we punishing our patients with PCOS to do this if it doesn't work? And we really have no long-term data to show that XYZ diet is better for PCOS than any other diet type and we don't have any long-term data to show that people with PCOS when they go on these diets can maintain their weight loss. We don't know how much these hormones influence weight regain and how restrictive are you going to live your whole life? You know, there's all these crazy restrictive diets, no carbs, you know, keto, um, eating really low calories, and is that realistic for somebody to follow for their whole lives? So, we really need to work with PCOS patients in a non diet, weight neutral approach um, that doesn't focus on weight loss and is sustainable to help them throughout their lives because PCOS doesn't go away. There is no cure, unfortunately, but we can learn to live with it and learn for it just to be one. Smaller part of our lives. It doesn't have to define us. So I hope that's helpful. For more information on my approach to treating PCOS, as well as different supplements and other great information on PCOS, please visit the PCOS Nutrition Center at PCOSNutrition.com. Thanks so much.
2: My name is Martha McKittrick, and I'm a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. And I've been specializing in PCOS for over 15 years. Um, So today I want to talk about weight loss in PCOS. And this is really a difficult topic for so many reasons. Um, Having trouble with your weight or gaining weight for no reason and having a hard time losing weight is one of the biggest complaints I hear from people who have PCOS. And the problem is that, well, there's a lot of problems, but one of the main problems is that so much of the focus on treatment of PCOS is placed on your weight. And yes, I'm sure you're frustrated because you've gained weight, but you know then you have your doctor saying to you, if you didn't gain weight, you wouldn't have PCOS or you need to lose weight, eat less, exercise more without really knowing much about what you're doing. And this just causes a lot of problems, which I want to get into. Um, And I want to give you some tips on what you can do to start losing weight, but I want to start with why it's more difficult to lose weight to kind of help validate that there are real reasons. And you did not cause your PCOS and you did not cause your weight gain. Um, Because PCOS is a hormone condition, hormone imbalances can lead to weight gain. So it turns out people who have PCOS have higher rates of being overweight or obese versus if you don't have PCOS. So what's the problem? Does that mean that you're eating more than somebody who doesn't have PCOS? Probably not. Um, So here are some of the reasons why it can be more difficult to lose weight. Um, The effects of insulin in itself. The majority of people with PCOS do have higher levels of insulin, and insulin is a storage hormone, and it wants to store more body fat. So if your body keeps secreting insulin, you will be storing more body fat than somebody who does not do that. Um, Another reason is they've done some studies, and it's believed that people with PCOS may have a slower metabolic rate than if you didn't have PCOS. There's also an increased prevalence of thyroid disorders, um, specifically autoimmune thyroid or hypothyroidism, and this can slow your metabolism down as well. Many uh, people with PCOS report a lot of carbohydrate cravings. And of course, if you keep having all these cravings, you probably want to eat more carbs and that can lead to weight gain. There are also studies that show that there are dysregulated hormones that control your appetite. So you may may feel hungry more than somebody else who does not have PCOS. Um, there are increased incidences of sleep disorders, and studies have shown if you don't get enough sleep, it can contribute to weight gain. Restrictive diets, and I want to talk about more, more about this in a minute, but um, studies have also shown that if you are always on a restrictive diet, that can also backfire and lead to more weight gain. It's been shown that higher levels of androgens may lead to weight gain. Of course, then there's emotional eating and um, we know that PCOS not only affects your your physical health but also your mental health. There are much, much higher rates of eating disorders, disordered eating, and of course emotional eating. And then lastly, it's been shown that people with PCOS tend to accumulate more endocrine disruptors in their body and this may also lead to weight gain. So the next time somebody says to you, you know having peace us doesn't doesn't affect your weight tell them about this list because most of what i just stated is backed up by study so there are real reasons so i i'm not telling you this to get you down or make you feel depressed that it's hopeless because it's not and the majority of my clients have been able to lose weight but we have to talk about how you're going to do it and having the right kind of mindset so As I said before, I think a really harmful part about PCOS is is the way we focus all of our treatment is like lose weight, lose weight, and that can lead to a lot of problems. It can kind of set you up to have um, not the right kind of mindset and can also set you up for um, being on a restrictive diet. So if you do want to lose weight, the first thing I would really say to you is that, you wanna just keep in mind diets don't work. Um, diets mean deprivation. You have to find what works for you and your lifestyle. Now, if you saw somebody on Instagram who lost like you know 40 pounds in four months because she did keto or, or whatever, Whole30, maybe it worked for that person, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. If you try to do something really quick and restrictive, I can almost guarantee you're going to regain the weight So you want to kind of have the mindset that you're in this for the long haul, you can do it, but you want to start to make small changes. And one of the biggest words of advice I can give you is that you have to listen to your own body. And usually with my clients, what I do is I have them keep a journal, not an app where you track your calories on MyFitnessPal, but more of a journal of what time do you eat? What do you eat? How does your body feel? You know, how do foods make you feel if you have a breakfast of of like eggs and vegetables versus a breakfast of oatmeal or cereal? Like which breakfast makes you feel better? Which breakfast holds you longer? You want to really start paying attention to what makes your body feel good. Do you need to go gluten and dairy free? No, you don't. Some women feel better doing that, but you don't need to do that. So you want to get out of the restrictive mentality. You want to find a kind of plan that works for you the foods that you like, your lifestyle, um, and you want to have the right mindset. And the right mindset really is that you're in this for the long haul. Small changes add up. You want to think about giving yourself little wins versus saying you have to be perfect on this like low-carb diet, which you don't need to be on. Not everybody needs to be on a, a low-carb diet. Some people do feel better doing that, but not everybody needs to. So just get your mindset in the right place. And then you want to come up with a strong motivator. Like, why is this important to you? Is it for your health? Is it for your fertility? Is it to prevent your blood sugar from going up? Is it to have more energy? You want to think of like a really strong motivator. And then as you're making the changes, you just want to notice, like, hey, I'm feeling better. I have more energy. Like, to me, that's awesome. Like, I had a client who um, she wanted to lose weight, but we agreed that wasn't her main goal. Her main goal was she wanted to start to regulate her cycles and she wanted to have more energy. And she, when she first came to me, she was really not exercising at all. She was walking her dog for like 10 minutes. But then by the end of our three-month coaching package, she was riding her bike with her husband 15 to 20 miles, like on the weekends, going up these big hills, like, and she felt fantastic. She had great energy and her periods got more regular. So that is success. And she actually lost 10 pounds as well. But her motivator wasn't just, oh, I need to lose weight. It was thinking other things. So think about that because it's not all about the scale. Um, and then, yeah, so keep in mind, how do you want to assess your progress? So with this particular client, she didn't want to go by the scale. She wanted to go by her energy levels and just how she felt. And she did end up losing weight, like I said, but it wasn't her main thing. So. Um, Should you weigh yourself? You can if you want. I don't tell people they have to. Some people like to do measurements. Some people like to do how their clothing fits, how their energy levels are. So find what a method that works for you. Um, The next thing I would say is to really think about you have to balance your hormones. And here's what a lot of people don't do. They don't understand that you have to get to the root cause and for a lot of people, the reason why it's hard to lose weight is because they have high insulin levels. You could also have high cortisol levels. And some people you know, have a lot of stress in their lives, um, whether it's physical stress, like physical stress could mean you're eating too few calories, or you're eating too few carbohydrates, or you're exercising too much, or you're not getting enough sleep, or you're living on caffeine. Those are examples of physical stress, then of course there's emotional stress. So too much stress can cause cortisol and that can make it be difficult to lose weight. Um, and then insulin, as I said, um, can also make you gain weight. So you need to think about you know, what are your hormone imbalances and work on fixing those. And as you fix those, you will be able to lose weight. And then um, you want to think about emotional eating and eating triggers. Um, You know, I think a lot of us know what we kind of quote should be eating, but you know, emotions get in the way, you're frustrated, you're bored, you're tired, uh, you go too long without eating, then you get over hungry, you're always beating yourself up. You really wanna think about what is triggering you to eat, um, if you have emotional eating, or what are your problem areas in general? I kind of like to think of it being a detective. That's why I like people to keep a journal, a non-judgmental journal, just really pay attention to your body. What can trigger you to eat more than you would want to eat, or what can trigger you to want to have more sweets? Maybe you're not having enough protein at, at meals. Maybe you're skipping breakfast. So you really want to be a detective and figure it out. And you know, the majority of my clients are able to lose weight, but it's a slow process. It's really trying to figure it out. Keeping in mind, you have a hormone imbalance that can be fixed. Um, but that's why you want to just kind of start slow and and not beat yourself up. That's the worst thing that you can do. Um, I do a lot of work with mindful eating with my clients, eating more slowly, paying attention to how your body feels when you eat. Um, and then you want to work on other things. Like it's not just food. It's not just calories in calories out. You want to just make sure you are getting enough sleep. Because if you don't get enough sleep, what's going to happen? The next day, you're going to crave carbohydrates and you're going to be starving. So really, really work on getting adequate sleep. Uh, And that's a whole other subject I could do a talk on. Um, I really love the whole sleep stuff and circadian rhythms. That to me is really important, working on managing your stress, because when you're very stressed out, as I said before, you are going to make more cortisol and you will store more body fat. Uh, And then of course you wanna move your body. That's really important for insulin resistance. It's important to decrease inflammation. Um, I'm a fan really of doing a couple different kinds of exercise. I like a weight training component because that builds and preserves muscles and that helps with insulin resistance. It also helps to lower androgens. Um, I'm a fan of doing an aerobic component, some kind of cardio, whether it's speed walking, taking a spinning class. Um, That, you're going to have to pay attention to how you feel. There's a lot of talk on the internet that if you have PCOS, you should not do intense exercise. That's not true, but you have to pay attention to how your body feels. Um, And then, of course, you want to get in everyday steps. If you're sitting all day long and working out four times a week, that's great that you're working out, but when you're sitting too much, that worsens insulin resistance, which again will make it more difficult to lose weight. Um, and then, and then, lastly, you know, I don't like to focus on calorie control. But if you are doing a lot of things that I said and you're not losing weight, you might just want to take a look and just see, you know, what are your calories like? Maybe you're eating too little, and you're slowing your metabolism and stressing your body out, or maybe you are eating too many calories of healthy foods. That's kind of like a last resort that I do. But kind of the bottom line, because I know this is a quick talk I'm doing today. The bottom line is, yes, there are more reasons why it can be more difficult to lose weight with PCOS. It is not impossible by any means to lose weight. You can do it, but you want to kind of think slow and steady wins the race. Keep it in mind, you have a hormone imbalance. And as you start to fix your hormones, you can lose weight, but you need to pay attention to these other things like um, getting enough sleep, being active, managing your stress, Eating healthy food for the gut microbiome, lots of plant foods, having enough protein and fat and fiber at meals, not going too long without eating if that makes you get over hungry. I don't think all women need to eat every three hours at all. Um, some women may if you tend to get low blood sugar, but most people do perfectly fine You know, having maybe three meals with a snack or so. But it's really being a detective and listening to your body. And maybe getting to help um, work with somebody who specializes in PCOS, like myself. Um, And then, of course, there are supplements and all that. But this is just a little quickie talk on um, weight loss. And I did a blog post on weight loss for PCOS on my blog. So check it out. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope you got so much value out of this episode. As always, the resources mentioned and info about both of today's guests will be in the show notes at JennyHolbert.com forward slash 107. And I wanted to mention one more thing before you go that I think might help you on this journey, whether you're someone with PCOS or you're just wanting to optimize your health and hormones. If you find that you want to challenge your body in workouts and get the most out of your effort but without feeling depleted, then go grab my free audio training where you'll learn the mistake most women are making when they want to get stronger and challenge themselves in workouts. You'll also learn when to take a rest day or tough it out and how. How to optimize your workout approach for your health and hormones. Go listen now at JennyHolbert.com forward slash training.